Thanks for downloading this IMSA radio podcast. It's for personal use only and must not be broadcast, reproduced or used in any form without permission. Tell your friends they can get their own copy by visiting imsaradio.com or search for IMSA radio wherever they get their podcasts. WeatherTech Sports Car Championship on IMSA Radio. Well, hello everybody and welcome along. It's good to have your company. It's uh, John Hindorf with you and the action. And we'll have pictures for you on the stream in just a few moments' time, as well as audio on RS2. This is the final free practice session for the... Uh, GTP cars only out on the circuit. And I have to say, I'm rather excited by this. So the session has shown as starting. And we've got the cars going immediately out onto the circuit. We're at Daytona Beach, Florida, the home of the, I suppose you could call it the home of sports car racing. It was originally a sports car race that got things underway all those years ago. Off the speedway, down into Turn 1 and into the International Horseshoe, then through the kink, of course, and out onto the circuit itself through Speedway's turn three and four. Follow along with the live timing and scoring via IMSA.com or our colleagues at Alcamel. As far as the cars that are going out are concerned, uh, you will be delighted to know that we are expecting all ten of them to go out. Neil Janney has already gone out for Proton Competition in the number five Porsche. Nick Tandy has taken out the number six Porsche for Porsche Penske Motorsports. Philippe Manaza in the number seven for Porsche Penske Motorsports. Uh, still in the pits, Wayne Taylor's Acura number 10. BMW's number 24 uh, BMW M Hybrid. And... Uh, out on the track, Conor De Filippi has gone out in the sister car, the 25 people, Durrani for Whale and Engineering Cadillac, Louis Delatraz for Wayne Taylor Racing in the 40 car. That's the second of the Wayne Taylor Racing uh, machines, uh, Wayne Taylor Racing with Andretti. Then the JDC Miller Motorsports 85 cars got Timon van der Helm. 28 degrees on the track with 12 Celsius in the air. If you prefer, that's 82 Fahrenheit on the track and 54 in the air. So not bad. Uh, at all uh, at IMSA Radio. Nick Damon is alongside me and he will be very excited to see cars out on the circuit and he'll be part of our team at the raceway next week. Uh, As I said in the intro, Nick, this is a a session that we didn't actually get to see properly last year because of uh, uh, various problems with the, the weather. So we didn't get to see this head down no nonsense mindless boogie with just the uh, just the gtp cars that's great i mean um it, it is ridiculously exciting seeing these machines going around i've actually spent the uh quite a lot of the time between the end of the uh um abu race and here watching the virtual data 24 which was running on iRacing, of course the biggest 
motorsport participation event of the year. Uh, and watching these uh, these four cars, which are modelled accurately within iRacing, as uh, it is for, and uh, yeah, and you know, it's, it's not, but it's much nicer to see the real thing. I'm gonna be honest with you, um, and uh, getting a chance to see the cars, as you say, giving it full, absolute 100% chat prior to qualifying for this session. Um, quite warm track temperatures. The weather does seem like it's going to be good to us, even all the way through to the uh, the race week as well. So we have a nice warm race, um, and it'd be interesting to see how. I'm particularly interested in seeing how the, the, the privateer uh, Porsches do against the works cars as, as well, because obviously they were coming strong towards the back end of the season of Petit, um, and it's interesting to see how they've developed over the year, over the winter, having had the cars a bit longer. So, Neil Janney has put the first time in a 141.833. We'll expect to see that come down just a, a little bit. And we've got all bar two cars out, the two BMWs. Well, actually, I, I thought Conor de Philippe had gone out. In fact, uh, he may have gone out and come straight back in again, but they're still showing in the pit lane at the moment. And, oh, yeah, indeed, Conor de Philippe did do it out and back. Uh, hello to those of you trackside listening. I've, there's been huge crowds this weekend at the Raw before the 24, and already a problem for Neil Janney in the Mustang sampling machine. That car has gone off on the infield and there's damage to the right front and to the front of that car. So Neil Johnny, quick to start with for Proton competition in the number five, the black and gold machine, but there's damage. We stay in green at the moment, just a 25 uh, minute session and he lost it comprehensively going into the kink. There was another car in the vicinity and was he trying to get round? It was the Cadillac with the uh, gold front on the car. And that, I'm afraid, was a rather strange incident for Neil Johnny. Did he come up across... I, I think Nick just coming up on the back of that other car a wee bit quicker than he thought, He's and Sebastian Bourdais, who was on an outlap, is that, is was travelling quite close. Is that the entrance to Le Mans? He's gone off. Is this where it's, it's to, to, to the tracker says he is? I don't think it is, is it? Uh, no, that was, uh, uh, as far as I could say, that was the kink on the infield. Yeah, I think you're right. Yeah, yeah so, so, so going through four into five. I think what probably happened is that the yellow um, Cadillac was going a lot slower than he expected. It was an outlap. And therefore, in a jink to avoid him, uh, it may be in the jink and the corner at the same time just to overwhelm the grip of the car. And it looked like he locked up and perhaps uh, put, when he did put a bit of heavy braking and then put perhaps one wheel under the grass and slid off. That's uh, hopefully just an expensive carbon fibre error and not something any more serious. Yeah, agreed. The, uh, what I would say is we're going to see a lot of this because there are no tyre warmers. Uh, allowed, and although it will be a little warmer come race weekend, you will still see cars going very slow on their outlap. And when I say very slow, we are talking multiples of seconds slowly. They're slower than what you would see them on a flyer.
So already trauma for Neil Janney. Hello to Kyle Hall, who is tuned in. Ewan Wayne, money man, race man, Tom Firth tuned in as well. At IMSA Radio, the usual spot to get in touch. We've stayed green and we're down to 17 minutes already. The number five car back in the pit lane. Philippe Nazar, by the way, has put in a more competitive 134.974. And uh, that stacks up pretty well with what we've seen through the weekend so far. We had... Uh, Renga van der Zander with a 35.7 in the previous session earlier on. So already finding a little extra pace from there. Don't forget, we're getting ready to go into just a 15-minute qualifying. The GTPs have come back down to 15 minutes. They went up to 20 minutes last year and got an extra set of Michelin tyres. It's come back down to 15 because they weren't really using it, to be honest. And it was just costing... At time on the schedule, I think. So it has come down just a wee bit in session four. Uh, we had the fastest time with Team Vander Helm in JDC Miller Motorsports car was a 35-2. So we are well ahead of the curb here. Hello to Spirit and Wood, Alistair. Watching and listening. He says, so great to be watching IMSA coverage on IMSA Radio. And I know that sounds <laughs> funny, but the point is that we've got the live video up for you as well, whether you're in the States or further afield. These two sessions available to you with no subscription. And that will continue throughout the season, of course, for WeatherTech Sports Car Championship qualifying. We will always have qualifying for you without blocks or breaks. Uh, if you are in the US, then the race, of course, is covered by your national TV provider, whereas the international feed is available, again, without any interruption for those of you outside the States. The audio, as always, available to everybody and delighted to say that we have once again been able to take over some of the airwaves of Sirius XM for the season for the, the WeatherTech Sports Car Championship. Continuing to go around, we've got a few cars coming into the pits, Nick. Yeah, Flippin' Nazar is just at a time of 133.966, which is about a second and a half faster than Team Van der Helm did in the last practice session. So they, there obviously has been a little bit of uh, qualifying setup put on the cars. I mean, they've taken the fuel out and, and it's fresh tyres, but I think also they've done a few little tweaks to make the cars quicker over a lap, where perhaps not quite so comfortable over race distance, which you can do. It's not something, obviously, there's a huge amount of concentration made prior to the 24-hour race, but this is obviously the chance of the first bit of bragging rights. And, of course, unlike many other events, John, this being the person who's on pole position who's qualified first lasts for a, for a best part of a week. It's not just like overnight. That's You've got a whole point. week to, to boast to people we're the fastest. In the pit lane at the moment is that number five car that had the little whoopsie, Neil Janney, an unusual mistake from the Proton Competition Porsche driver into the wall, coming up onto a slow-moving Sebastian Bourdais for Cadillac in the 0-1 car. Sebastian was on an outlap, he's continued. There was no contact between them, and it looks as though that 
very purposeful looking Mustang sampling black and gold car is going behind the wall. Question will be, can they get that car fixed in the next half an hour to 40 minutes, Nick, and get that car out to qualify? You might say, what's the point because it's a 24-hour race? But there is a point because all of these cars are still pretty new and people are still learning about them. Yeah, and he's done a bit more damage than I expected because he's actually managed to break the uh, wing mount on the rear right. So given the fact that he appeared to go in on the left-hand side, um, he must have turned the car around. Yeah, he did turn the car around and then hit the barrier as well. So he's done mm. three corners of bodywork. The yeah. question is, has he done any toe links? Has he done any uh, arms at the same time? If it's just three corners of bodywork, that's a very easy half-hour fix for these prototypes. But uh, if it's anything mechanical, uh, suspension-wise, that could be more of a, more of a rush. Our uh, colleague, Joe Bradley, he'll be with us in Florida at the weekend, always says that... If the wheels are pointing in the right direction, vaguely speaking, then it's not so bad. Yeah. Bodywork can be fixed. To be honest, though, if I was going to go around the Daytona banking at about 200 miles an hour, I want my wheels more than vaguely in the right direction, to be honest. I'm kind of like I'm all pointing mostly in the right direction. Do you think? Yeah. I know. <laughs> because I'm not a professional racing driver. <laughs> Do you think that's what it is? Yeah. Okay. I'll buy, I'll buy that for a dollar. So full live coverage for you. Coming up in race week, we'll start with a special midweek motorsport on Wednesday, live from our broadcast booth at the Daytona International Speedway. Looking forward to that as always. No one else brings you more coverage of IMSA, and no one else will bring you more live free coverage of Daytona International and the Rolex this year already down to the last 11 minutes Sebastian Bourdais now goes to the top with a 33-5 as my colleague from round Floridian Parts used to say Chuck Dressing the guys are throwing overhands now this is more like it 33-5 from a 33-6 people Durrani's come to life for Whelan Engineering Cadillac it's two Cadillacs at the sharp end of the field then just about a tenth or so back to Philippe Minaza for the best of the Porsche Penske Motorsports the private cars were on top in the early part of the week still Porsche Penske Motorsport will feel they have something to prove this year with the Porsche 963 Wayne Tillerese with Andretti Motorsport in fourth position for Louis Delatraz in their Acura number 40 just coming into the pits, in fact, as Bordet exits onto the tri-oval and crosses the line now, heading down into turn one. Ahead of him, he's got the number seven of Philippe Naza as they turn into the infield. And Bordet's just lowered the fastest time to Again. a 33.2, literally uh, five seconds after Naza had done a 33.5. So they are... Really clicking the times down, certainly compared to what they've done in, in qualifying practice so far. Um, still, I would expect they'll find another few tenths, A, before the end of this session, and B, certainly during the qualifying session. This is important, uh, Nick, for all of the guys out there to be able to find what these cars are like. Right now, in these relatively pleasant temperatures, it's only 12 Celsius in the air, but the track temperature is 27. That's not bad. It's had sunshine on it all day. That's uh, 81 Fahrenheit on the track, 54 in the air. It was extremely cold overnight, tickling freezing point uh, at Daytona. 
And this is important for these guys to get a chance to run as they will in qualifying with no other cars on the track. Yeah, absolutely. And of course, it's also getting some, some running in, in warm temperatures, given the the forecast we're currently seeing for the weekend, which is a low of something in the region of 16 degrees centigrade, highs around 26. Now, we don't know whether you're going to get sun or not. You get sun on a, a 26 degree, you're going to find track temperatures of 45 mm. plus. So they... The, and in stark contrast, you say what they saw this morning when it was, you know, so cold to the touch, you, uh, you, could, you could freeze an egg rather than fry one. Um, <laughs> so, yeah, it's, it's an interesting, it's interesting, and I think that, yeah, this is the, this is the, the, the real challenge of running at Daytona at this time of year. We, we, we in the UK kind of think of Florida as a permanent sunshine state. Mm. Um, but as, as members of RSL have found to their, sorry, IMSA Radio have found to their chagrin over the past, you can turn up in, uh, for the Daytona 24 and absolutely freeze your whatnots off. <laughs> or not, or Br melt them. Brass monkeys do not apply. Yeah. Uh, Conor de Philippe improves his time. Fourth position for the BMW M Team RLL driver. The M Hybrid V8 clocking in at 133.8. We've got the top six cars within nine tenths of a second. Take Neil Janney out because he hasn't got a representative time, having gone out early and made that mistake on the infield as he came across a slow-moving Cadillac driven by Sebastian Bourdais. Sebastian was on his outlap doing nothing wrong, but it seemed to startle Neil Janney. And a little jink going up towards the kink on the infield at turn four. The dog leg left and lost control of the car, put it into the barriers driver, driver's left. Uh, Timon van der Helm for JDC Miller Motorsports Porsche, just a little off the pace as well. But everybody else within a second and a half at the moment, and we've still got eight minutes to go. Hello to A110GE. Uh, thanks, he says, for bringing us video coverage of this practice session. Thank you very much. Yes, he Crons just had a little issue as well. Williams supporters. Uh, Williams uh, Esports winning the iRacing mm. uh, Daytona 24 earlier on today. Congratulations to all of those involved and all of you who took part. I know there will be will have been a lot of you that uh, took part. IMSA Radio with the World Feed TV also available in the USA for this final practice session and we'll stay on the air for qualifying. You can see that with us as well. No need to tune anywhere else. No side-by-sides except on the track <laughs> and no subscription <laughs> required and no interruptions either. You'll see all of the qualifying sessions coming up uh, in sound and vision. If you're out and about, you can tune in to us on RS2 via imsaradio.com and the player. Maybe if you're a little bit bandwidth challenge as well, you can do that too. We've got half the field in the pits lane at the moment. In the pits, it's the 0-1 quickest car at the moment with that 133-2 is Sebastian Bourdais. The number five is in the pit lane being... Well, actually, that's gone behind the wall now, the Proton mm. competition car. The number six and seven, the two Porsche Penske Motorsports cars... And the number 10, the traditional Wayne Taylor Racing with, Acu with, uh, with Acura, with an Acura, but with, with Acura. Andretti. Mm. Philippe Albuquerque's brought that car back into the pit lane as well. Out on the circuit at the moment. And a scary moment for the 85 down at the western end of Oof. the infield. Just lost the front end and the back end and the front end again mm. under braking for that bright yellow machine in the hands of Tymon van der Helm. He doesn't look happy on that car. The um, brake-by-wire systems are still being worked on and still being yeah. perfected. 
to the driver's liking. I mean, this is the thing is that there's so much technology, so much electronics within these uh, machines now, not just for the hybridization, but you say for the brake-by-wire, the, the drive-by-wire. And when people ask what's the big difference between the cars which were here last year and the cars which are here now, it's going to be virtually all ones and zeros. It's going to be yeah. almost entirely software. Yes, they've put some reliability, but most of them had very established engines anyway. They, they redeveloped it from many years ago to, to run the actual basic power plant. The hybridization has been um, obviously sorted out and, uh, and made more reliable. And, and you know, the, the massive improvement between um, Daytona 2023 and Petit was, was big. But of course, if now they, they've had a few weeks over the winter where they've been able to work on these systems. The thing is, you can't redo an awful lot with these heavily homologated cars outside of the electronics. This is where the real gains to be made. Yes, I'm sure there's a chance of finding a magic setup, but by now they've done enough testing and been to enough tracks to probably know where they are basically. Yes, you can find a, a bit here and there. But the real developments which can be made of the car in this second year of the uh, GTP is going to be who can manage the electronics best. And it's, you know, it's become a software battle, you know, as we know. In some ways, it was a piece of dodgy software that actually won the race last year here. So, you know, I'm sure it is all now legal. They've seen how well it is policed. Well, there is no... Um, in terms of being able to develop the software, the control software for the standard hybrid systems, have at it. Mm. You are basically being told, go for it. It is not proprietary software that is forced upon the teams and indeed talking to some of the teams particularly look we, we've only got privateer Porsches at the moment but talking to some of those teams there's no real requirement if if those Porsche customer teams feel that they can do a better job than what they've been given by Porsche Motorsport there's nothing to stop them developing that on their own and I had a long chat last year with uh, a couple of Porsche teams and they were seriously considering that in the early running, of course, you want to get the cars running yeah. and you want to understand yeah. them. But I think your point about it, it's ones and zeros here. I think that's really important. There will be as many people pouring over the algorithms as there will be over bump and rebound. Yeah, well, I had a chat with um, Alex Wirtz yesterday. Um, obviously, he was, he's part of the Toyota program, which is obviously hypercar. Which mm. It's the same thing here. And he said that... Um, they found last winter, which is the first year they're running that, that new version with their new car, they found 0.6 of a second a lap just on fine-tuning the drive-by-wire, yeah. the brake-by-wire, and some of the hybrid deployment. Now, it's not directly transferable, but that's the sort of gain you will see between the first and second year of new cars. And don't forget, when they came here last year, they were, as you said, absolutely right, John, they were, they were as just as concerned at that point about making sure the oily bits carried on going for 24 hours and the suspension parts carried on going for 24 hours and all the bits stuck together and they, you know, they actually build the car bits. Now it's about development. Now it's about how can we make the elements work together. It's the synergy of the entire product and suddenly you know, you've got so many extra bits working together to produce a, a coherent racing car. Just looking at these times with two minutes, two and a half minutes or thereabouts to go, the top three are underneath Oli Jarvis's Mazda Motorsports qualifying record. Okay. That, that was uh, a record that had stood for 26 years until Ollie broke it. That was PJ Jones and AAR Eagle back in 1993. That then was a 33.8. 33.398. And now we've got 32 for Sebastian Bourdais. So that's at least one of the, the cars is quicker than that qualifying 
session that put Oli on pole position. Will the, will it go? Is the question. Hello to Sir Phil, who's in Lincolnshire, in England, as we're down to the last couple of minutes. Uh, Spec three says, "Is it too early to singing? Sing, we all live in the yellow." Nine six three, very good. I said, "Well done." Yeah, yeah. excellent. You like that, don't you? Uh, any 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 time when you can repurpose a Beatles song, I'm very happy. <laughs> <laughs> Sam Jeans noticed how close we are at the qualifying lap record at the moment. Michael Albert as well tuned in. This is the last 90 seconds of practice before we set the grid for the Rolex 24 hours of Daytona for 2024. And you're watching and or listening to it live on IMSA Radio and IMSA TV. Great to have your company. Delighted to be back here for 2024. And looking forward to extended coverage for this season. Right Turn Lovers here, our, is my, our manufacturer is prov uh, mandated to provide the latest iteration of the hybrid control software to customer teams. Um, as far as I know, they have to for the hardware. There's only one valid LMDH homologation. They can't run different hardware. Absolutely correct. Hardware is set. down to the last moments. Checkered flag is out. Hello to Mustang GT3 fan in Canada. So Bordet then, quickest in that session. If he can repeat that, that would be a new qualifying lap record. 133.2, about three quarters, uh, sorry, about a quarter of a second ahead of Philippe Nasser, who went back out at the end for Porsche Penske Motorsport in the 963, but hasn't got back around. He just basically did an outlap there. He was just scrubbing in some tyres. That would be, uh, yeah, doing a, a one-run, one-lap warm run for the heat cycle. Philippe Nasser for Cadillac in third, and Whelan Engineering in the 31. He was in the pits at the end, as was Conor de Philippe in fourth for BMW M Team RLL. Fifth position in the best of the Acuras, Wayne Taylor Racing of which there are two, both in the colours of WTR with Andretti. Nick Tandy for Porsche Penske Motorsport. I don't think he'll be happy at nearly a second away from the fastest time and more the point, six tenths away from his teammate. Yeah, that's not what uh, what Nick wants to see, but I suppose he's, had a, he's also done an outlap at the end as well. So my guess is there have been a couple of people, they always decided that perhaps getting a, a lap on the tyres is the fastest way to run them, perhaps it helps with, the, with the, having a heat cycle with these tyres which don't go into warmers. Mm. Um, it's, I mean, it's very interesting, you've got you know, quite, a, quite a large spread at the top, if you think about it, from the 33.2 down to a, a 34.2, a second is a, is a, well, the cars that actually have, have run a reasonable number of laps, so, you know, a second, 2.3 is, is a massive gap um, at this level. But we don't, again, we don't know exactly what they were doing. We don't know if they're all exactly on uh, the same fuel or hybrid deployment strategy. There's lots to learn. Oh, yeah. And this, of course, only actually, the, what they're learning by going as fast as they possibly can only actually applies to half an hour's time. <laughs> That's a fair point. First chance, by the way, for us to describe the art on the grass in front of the... IMSA Global Broadcast Centre. It has a, an aerial theme oh, yes. this year. With uh, two aircraft streaking across. Maybe two. Could be. 
streaking across, it's sort of a cross between a B2 and a Stealth, isn't it, really? Yeah, yeah. 111. Yeah. Uh, streaking across in, uh, I'm delighted to say, in the direction of... Of travel. Of travel, yeah, yeah on the track. Uh, and uh, various other aircraft depicted on there. Always good to see the art on the track. Those of you pictures, we'll be able to see the very, very, very busy pit lane. Uh, I think it's 59 cars this time we have, John, for this, this, this race. Um, just the three different types of cars in, in four classes. We don't have the P3s uh, this year in IMSA for the first time in a couple of years. So it's just down to GTPs, P2s, the only place for top-line P2s to race. If you're honest about things these days, you can say nice things about other championships, but yeah. the only top-line... And we have seen, of course, that migration of some of the P2 teams from Europe mm -hmm. over to, to IMSA. And personally, um, I think that's great because I think the P2 is a fabulous car. And, and whilst it may have um, uh, lasted many more years than was intended by the ACO initially, it's proven its worth. And uh, as it has effectively become... I think Buzz about says the car one-make series. It's not a one-make series here, is it? Because, of course, we've got the Ligier of uh, Correct. Sean, Sean Cruz Cruz. Racing. It's just going to be really... I mean, they should be OK here because the Ligier's weaknesses weren't at the faster tracks. It was, uh, it was, it, it, historical weaknesses were more at the tracks with lots of corners. Um, so hopefully they're, they're, it was an interesting decision to go with that car because um, there's no shortage of Oracles knocking about in one. Um, they only made, what, is it 107 they've made or something? 107 chassis, I think, of the Oracle 07. And then, of course, we had to do the other classes, of course, are the GT3s, as they know in Europe, of course, the GTDs here in both Pro and uh, and. And Am. And Am. I wasn't no. that. It's Pro and it's actually GTD Am and just GTD. Oh, right. Effect, it's not, it's not Pro and nothing. It's not Pro and Am. It's, it's, it's GTD it's, and Am. Correct. It's okay. GTD and Am. Uh, apologies if you just heard a bit of our NBC colleagues. Uh, tech up in their brand new centre at Concord in North Carolina. Just working on that as we speak at the moment but nice of the NBC team to say hello mm -hmm. to our audience and hello to theirs hello hello <laughs> <laughs> as the GT and GT rolled out straight away this is what I love about IMSA we literally got the number 7 car into the pit lane made sure everything was cleaned up and then we're immediately back to uh, racing or at least uh track action and that means that this is a qualifying session and this will set the grid and already a car is off so another early problem it's the red and white Porsche that's gone off very very early on 92 it is indeed the fat Buddha car oh my goodness me this is one of the Kelly Moss racing cars now that was literally straight out of the Pit lane and straight on Oof. at the International Horseshoe on cold tyres. That's a very, very odd one indeed. And that's brought out a red flag. But, the, uh, of course, the time will continue to count down. We've now seen a couple of instances... Um, it was David Brewer, by the way, who was in that uh, car. 
He's been talked to by the EMR safety crew. We've seen a couple of instances already, um, just in the, in the what, 40, half an hour we've been watching, of the issue with cars on cold tyres. Initially an accident caused by the avoidance of a car running slowly on cold tyres, and now mm-hmm. a cold tyres. Is it such a good idea to get rid of warmers, John? Uh, we know why it's done. We understand the reasons for it, and it's it, it, and as we found out in, in uh, motorsport, it gets you extra ticks in the uh, sustainability um, racing uh, <laughs> index. Right. But I just think it's an unnecessary saving. Stick some solar panels up and generate the power for it somewhere. Well, yes. Um, it I'm does t- add extra strength. I mean, fair I'm, s- I'm torn because what it does is it, and I think this is right. Um, it's rewards teams who can double stint their tyres. Yeah. Which I think is right. And also that encourages people to double stint their tyres and keep the heat in them. Now, in IMSA, you've only got a certain amount of tyres anyway, so you're sort of forced into doing that. Um, We didn't have that many problems last year. Um, The World Championship, the FIA World Championship, seemed to have a lot more problems and... In fact, changed their regs after, bizarrely, the four-wheel drive cars were the ones that couldn't keep it on the track at Spa, and they were spinning up the front wheels and getting torque steer, which I thought was a very odd situation. Um, I, I believe that it's unnecessary, I'll be honest with you. You, d- you drive to the conditions. Well, you know, what do you do? Not drive when it's wet, when you haven't got it. You feel the conditions. Yeah, yeah I know what you're saying. I think it's... it's I just somehow feel that you, know, you can add extra safety effectively by putting people onto the track with grip, and especially when you're changing drivers. You know, I know the first accident was caused by two of the best professionals, but this is this is guys who are, this is a, you know, the gentlemen, this is the amateurs uh, who will go out on the track for the first time with with very little grip, not no, not necessarily having the ability to, to feel it as some of the, some of them would. And you kind of think, is this just an unnecessary extra risk? Mm-hmm. Let's talk about the. Cars that have been out. Actually, before that, RTLs have said, uh, will they extend the GTT session time based on what would the grid be set championship standings are not available? Um, could do. Um, they can just do it. Uh, rock, paper, scissors behind the yeah. pit lane or in number order. International rock, paper and scissors. Fantastic. Mm. I've seen that. Have you? Yeah. Uh, I there, there is a world championship of rock, paper, scissors. Didn't somebody add a fourth thing to it as well? Rock, rock, paper, scissors. I, 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 it's, it's not for this conversation, but I'm sure there's a fourth thing. Well, rock, red flag. <laughs> yeah. Rock, paper, is a red flag, yeah. Um, Let me tell you who has been out. Matt Bell took out the number 13 AWA Chevy Corvette. We've got the first ever Chevy Corvette GT3 uh, out there, and we've got a number of them here this weekend because the Corvette Racing by Pratt Miller have two, and AWA have a couple as well. And Nico Varone took out the number 17 car, the Italian-Argentinian. What a character he is. And uh, who else has been out? Alessio Rivera for Triazi competition in the gorgeous 296 GT3, the 023. Not to be confused with the 23, which is heart of racing Aston Martin. That car hasn't been been out at the moment. Uh, Albert... Costa Balboa for Conquest Racing's been out in the Ferrari, the number 34. Andretti Motorsports Porsche. Thomas Prining, the Austrian uh, Porsche driver. He was a Porsche young driver for a little while. 
I think he still is supported by Porsche. Very, he's very well older. thought of. Hmm? He's just older now. So he's not a young yeah, driver. That's correct. <laughs> he's, he's, a, he's an older, faster Porsche driver. John Potter's been out in the Vantage for Magnus Racing, the number 44. The Iron Lynx, number 60, Lamborghini Huracan, Romain Grosjean has been out in that one. And the Ferrari 296 Farisi competition, Daniel Serra has been out for the number 62. Gradient and Catherine Legg has been out for Acura. In the 66, and we've also had Klaus Backler for MDK in their Porsche. No representative times at all. And I suspect now that has... Uh, I suspect that we are now underneath the amount of time to get a session that will count for... Yeah, we are. We're underneath the time to get a session that would count for qualifying. So there will have to be a decision taken here. Uh, Mickey has said, uh, rock, paper, scissors, Spock, lizard. No. I think um, Mm. water bomb is one, definitely. (laughs) Water bomb, that's that one. So water bomb does fire. What a bomb kind of wins everything except rock. Although it can erode no, rock. No, dart. It'll beat water bomb. It, it, oh, dart. That's <laughs> so we're adding dart. <laughs> right, okay. Yes, very good. Uh, also, rust scissors as well, of course. Rusty scissors. Yeah. Yes, rust, very rust, good point. Rust scissors. Yeah. I think um, worse than rusty scissors. I, surely if it's motorsport, it should be iPhone torch, lump hammer, and tie wraps. Yeah, and very then good duct point. And then work out which one, which... They, they all do everything. Also... Um, just seeing that we've had an issue for the number nine uh, with the on the far side of the circuit, and that was Marvin Kerkhofer in the McLaren. He hasn't even completed the lap. The front panel of that car's come off, and he, he's put it back on again. Uh, rock, paper, scissors, lizard, Spock was the uh, big bang theory, wasn't it? Ah. Mm. Greg Kramer. Hello, Greg. Good to know you're tuned in. He said, uh, I agree with you for whatever that's worth. Well, anybody agreeing with me is putting themselves on the, in the firing line. It puts the driver back in the picture a bit more. Those that can find grip, speed in low grip situations who have that gift of feel deserve to be rewarded. Our team manager behind me has told me the problem with that McLaren was they left the radiator blank in. Ah. And they've had to stop it and take it out. Excellent. So thank you, Mr. Bradley. Right. Ah, the two new Mustangs on the screen now, if you can see the pictures. Uh, Apparently that was from yesterday, we've just heard. Ah, that was a replay. Yeah. Yeah. So yesterday they made a horrible mistake, but not today. Yeah. Good start for Mustang GT4 and VP Racing. They won their first race for the new Mustang. The GT3 is out here in the hands of... Uh, Ford Multimatic Motorsport, Mike Rockenfeller and Joey Hand listed against them at the moment, but they've not yet gone out, so I'm not going to commit to that because I can't see the drivers in there. I think we must be close to going green because there's some movement and there's some angling of cars. AWA Corvettes looking resplendent in a satin blue with a red and white stripe over the bonnet in the case of one of their cars. The other one is in more traditional AWA black and yellow. The Pratt Miller cars, of course, are in the very traditional now 
Um, what was called Millennium Yellow, then Velocity um, Yellow. I was going to say something controversial. That's a better looking car than the previous version was. Do you think? Yeah, definitely. The C8? Looks better. Looks better. No, it looks better than the GT3 version. They Do you think? Yeah. yeah. The, 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 the GTE? Auto, it looks better than the GTE? Yeah, the auto version. That looks really sharp, I think. Right. Perhaps it just really worked out how to accent, accentuate the look with the, with the colour scheme, but that looks good, that does. Still waiting for a green flag situation. If you're just joining us, hello. Nice to have your company. Nick Damon and John Hindoff on RS2 and... The Around the world on video as well. I think the Mustang's going to win an award for the most raked wing mounts, isn't it? <laughs> it's got the wing mounts that are attached to the body about four, about three feet before the actual point of uh, downforce from the wing. Hmm. Looking forward to seeing all these in the flesh next week, I can tell you. Well, it's later this week, isn't it? So what's the normal process here, John, when they've, they've sort of run out of time due to the red flag? Are they going to give us more time, go later? Or is it going to be... Well, uh, I'm waiting to see. It, uh, the clock is still counting down. Normally, you'd go by championship positions, but we don't have championship positions. The option is to go on any official session. So what you'd normally do is go on the last official session or set the cars up on uh, championship points. We have no championship points. Right. But any official session can be used as a qualifying session if it is needed to be. Right. We will wait from race control to let us know that. Hello, if you're at the circuit, by the way. Apologies for the lack of cars. Still waiting for the clearance from race control after that incident for the number 92, David Brulet, in the Riley, Kelly Moss with Riley Porsche, the Fat Buddha number 92, red and white car. Uh, that car will, of course, lose its two fastest laps. I don't think that's going to be an issue because I don't think it's going to actually mm. complete any laps. 